Cuphead and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here, and it's a Monday. It's another Monday. Got a game to go to tonight. So, I hope you're all doing well. And right off the bat, we've got a voicemail from Colin from Spike Pit. You have the floor, Colin. Hi, Glenn. Colin, Spike Pit. Yeah, um, cool episode on random tables. I would probably stick with a D20. And to avoid complications of bell curves and probability and strange mathematics, I just think I've got 20 slots. If I've got something common, I'll give it more slots in the table. Um, so, for instance, give it two, three, four slots, whatever you think, and then at either end of the table, kind of like fade it out. So in the middle of the table, you might give something three or four slots, then, you know, two or three slots, and then at either end of the table, just give the rare stuff one slot. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just how I do it, and I think that's easy then. Okay, mate. Take it easy. Bye. Thanks, Colin. Good to hear from you again. I would still, if I were you, I I understand you want to do the straight D20 table, but I would still look at the example table in the Monster Manual, the 1E Monster Manual 2, because it's just... He takes an 8 and a 12, yeah, but if you just add a 1 to that chart, you have 1 to 20, and you, and it shows you how rare or common things are, so you can use it that way, too. So I would recommend you doing that. Otherwise, otherwise you, you're doing great. You know, the, the 1 to 20 works for me, too, and thank you for sending me that. It's great. Hey, let's go to shopping spree. And what I mean is equipment. Equipment... Equipment beyond weapons and armor, okay? We all know why we want equipment, because we want really good weapons and armor. But we also have to have, you know, the other stuff, like backpacks and torches and all those kind of things. So, how do you handle that? And what I'm saying is, what do you make available to the PCs? And also, how do you make it so it goes a little faster? Of course, one of the things that's really great about certain systems is sometimes they offer adventures packs, which is pay some money down, you get all this stuff. Which doesn't mean they can't buy stuff over and above that. But I'm all for adventures packs because it makes initial character creation go so much faster. And you know, there's nothing saying that they can, can't buy another adventures pack down the road. So... It's kind of a win-win thing. And I know D&D has offered, in the B series of basic D&D, that's offered adventures packs in some of the modules. It would behoove you to look at those, even if you if you got like the PDFs of like the B series, which I do. I've gone through there and just pilfered those packs. Swords and Wizardry Light has adventures packs and other things like that. It just makes it so much easier. Okay. For about 10 to 12 gold pieces, you get this stuff. You get a lantern and a backpack and a bedroll. And, a, you know, all those. I remember in the day when I would 
roll up a character for 1E, it would take me at least a good half hour to get everything I think I need. Because I'm trying to cover everything. I need a backpack to carry everything in. I need flint and, flint and steel for fire. I need a water skin, a couple of sacks, etc., etc., etc. So the adventures packs make a lot of sense. Also, okay, let me ask you, when they go shopping, I know that could be like an adventure in itself, but they always want to go to the magic store or the temple because the magic store, if you have, if you have a higher magic game, I'm saying, or some kind of merchant or something where they can get possibly magical items. And I like and just enough magic in my world where those things are possible. And, of course, the clerical people are going to go to the temple because we need healing potions. Of course, I would not deny them healing potions. What the market will bear, on the other hand, is another story. They always talk about making healing deals with the local temple in exchange for doing a quest or something. Which I am not going to poo-poo because I think it's a good idea. It's great for plot hooks. But what about some of the other merchants? I had, when we played during our New Mexico trip, when the kids played, that was the whole hook to get them to the Isle of Dread. The fact that they had to go to a pawnbroker or to like sell some of their stuff so they could get some money because they were broke and they were looking for work. And he was the one who ended up financing their trip to the Isle of Dread. So you got story hooks there. Maybe you got some kind of guy who sees all this loot you're bringing back and say, say he's a pawnbroker or a general store guy or whoever they're selling to. And say, hey, where did you get all this stuff? Oh, over here in the, the Caves of Chaos. Well, they got a lot of stuff over there like that. How'd you like a job? How'd you like to work for me and go get that stuff? And I'll we'll make a deal where you get a percentage of it or something like that. And next thing you know, you have a patron. You have a patron in the guy who runs the general store or the pawnbrokers or the magic shop or whatever. Great stuff like that. I like using shopping trips for role-playing experiences. And I also look for possible hooks that way. That's another way you can get plot hooks. You know, sometimes I think that I just drive myself to distraction trying to figure out a plot hook just for the for the group. If I if I'm not running a module, I'm running something I I want to I want to write myself. I just figure sometimes, you know, why am I why am I racking my brain to do this? I always got to start out somewhere. And I I'm just of the point where I'm not going to really think about it. Or maybe I have something on my mind, but I'm not really going to think about it. I'm just going to send them shopping and see what kind of trouble they get in. And also, in between the shops, you know, there's always back alleys and other people, other kind of encounters. It's kind of a city encounter anyway. But shopping is a great way to do some role-playing and to get the plot moving. I've had people be jumped in alleys while they're shopping. I've had people kidnapped during a shopping trip, I've had a, a lot. I have had a, a couple of, I've had a couple of merchants, like I said, go in with them, actually hiring them for, say, guard duty on the caravan or something like that. And 
uh, it's all come because, hey guys, what do you need? You need, we're in town here, you need to replenish anything, and then I just use that. We go around and I do the magic shop, I do the temple, I do the general store, I do the this, that, and the other thing. And it's just great role-playing opportunity. And like I said, put your plot hooks in there. That way they get something, they get stuff they need, you get the story going. I, I, I'm trying not to be very, I'm trying not to be vague about this because I, I do think it's a good it's a good idea. I mean, when I did my how to come up with a, a, a game in one hour thing, this would fit in perfectly. Start them off with a shopping trip. You know, instead of in the bar, okay, they're already in the tavern, they already got rooms in the inn. All right, guys, go shopping. You got the money. Um, just, you know, they've got beginning money. I, I always make sure they try to have enough beginning money where they can actually buy one or two things if they need it. No, I'm talking about mundane things like more torches or more oil or or another sack or something like that. I'm not talking about going shopping for mystical, magical artifacts. I'm just the, the mundane stuff. And the wizards are always going to be going to these shops looking for raw for material components. And the nice thing about material components is they can go to their magic shop or they can go to the general store or the feed store or something like that because of the material components it takes. The more expensive stuff you made out of jewelers or something like that. But that's the nice thing about some of this stuff. It's very, it's, it's almost modular. That's what I'm saying. Because I go around and every character, I found, okay, what are you doing? What are you doing? And some of them like group up. Okay, I'm, go, I'm going over to the feed store. Well, so am I. I need some feed for my horse. That kind of thing. Also, things like buying horses and stuff. That's a good place to find work. That's a good place to find an adventure right there. Like going to the local stables or something. Or, or if they have, they're at an inn and tavern that has a stables with it, they put up their horse. Things could happen. Like the horse gets kidnapped. Or the stable boy gets beat up for some reason. So you've got all these little tchotchke places, modules that they can go in and just get into trouble. And boom, next thing you know, you're putting the puzzle pieces together for a great adventure, which is a good thing. So if you ever get stuck and you're in town, if you ever get stuck and they are in a town already, send them shopping, see what happens, because I guarantee you'll find something that they'll be able to do. Okay, so I'm going to go start my day, and I hope you folks have a good day. And of course, if you want to drop off a line to me, drop a line off to me. I used to be able to talk. Drop a line off here at Anchor. You can give me a voicemail or drop me an email at oldmangrognard@gmail.com. We are monetized now, so for as little 99 cents a month, you can support the show, make it a little better. Maybe I can get a little, maybe I can get a decent mic and things like that. Anyway, have a good day. And until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm. And I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.